Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am your host, JP, joined by co-host as always, Nick Martin. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. We are on a crazy run today of podcast episodes. Now, yes. this one is appearing later in the future from the last one you've heard, but it happened on the same day because we are on the road in Vegas at WS Customs. WC? WC Customs. It's right yeah. down there. WS, I had it right the first WS time. WS Customs, yeah. God. And oh. with us today, uh, I'm pretty excited for this guest. Uh, he is humanitarian. He's an athlete. He's a two-time world friggin' champion from the Los Angeles Lakers and one hell of a model American. But most importantly, he's a dad. Everyone, welcome to the show. Jordan Farmar. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Welcome. I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Oh, man, we, we, don't, we don't get guests the likes of you very often. Well, I appreciate it. And that's actually, we do. But, you know, I just want to make you feel... <laughs> make re- you feel good. I know. Like, I'm just a regular guy, regular dad like the rest of us. That's exactly. awesome, man. Yeah. I saw you pulled up in a uh, <clears throat> Tesla Model Y dual motor performance, Nick. That's what we're getting, right? No, that's the plan. Okay. And and I just got to ask how you like that car right off the bat. I love it. I'm, I'm a early Tesla adopter from yeah. the beginning. I told you I would yeah, yeah. rather bought the stock than the car way back when. But, uh, yeah, I've had a Tesla since they came out. And the Model Y is no slouch, especially the performance model. It's really special combination between, you know, technology and performance right? and safety and everything. Convenience. Autopilot's awesome. Oh, uh, there's nice. so many cool features about it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, electric car yeah. advocate. So, so when yeah. we're ready, we're we're hitting Jordan up, and we're gonna. Yeah. No, no, I'll let you guys go spinning around. We got, yeah. we got to. Uh, I will take zero to sixty. I yeah. will take you up on that. I ain't even kidding. As soon as we're done, we're gonna film it too. That'll be yeah. two guests and two cars that That's they've right. owned in a row. Yeah. We just yeah. had uh, Brian Lindsay on. More interviews at uh, yeah. auto shops. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we just need to we just need to move in down here and. I, I think it might happen if I can exactly. convince the lady. So, yeah. Jordan, obviously the premise of this podcast is uh, we try to stay all things dad. Um, although I will throw you on a little fun fact. Every single episode we have ever done always goes off the rails. So we're not going to talk dad the entire time unless it happens. And then you could be the first. But uh, I, I'd also like to point out, too, that you did spill some beans right before we started the show that this is actually your very first podcast? It is. It is. Yeah, I've oh. been like I told you. I've been approached many times to one do my own, and right? My own content, and then two, I've been asked a few times to do other people's that I just the timing hadn't ever worked out, and so this timing worked out. Um, I'm happy to be here, and this is my first one. Wow, well, awesome! You know what? Here, I'm honored. That's awesome. Yeah. That's people clapping. You got some cheers and hurrah. We got to get this man some cans. Um, Hold on, let me text Ben real quick. So let's let's talk dad. Um, first off, you are a father. Obviously, you're on the show. How many kids do you have? I have two girls. Two girls. Two what girls. are their ages? They are seven and ten right now. Seven and ten. So you and I, we got something in common. What's that? My baby girl is seven years old, almost eight. Yeah. And I've got a son who's ten. Yeah. Isn't it the coolest thing in the world being a father to daughters? Absolutely. You know, every athlete especially wants a son to carry on their name. Right. Play just like whatever sport they played. Um, and I was the same way prior to my daughter being born. But once my first daughter was born, uh, flip switch, and it was completely different. I could care less, boy or girl. I'm just extremely happy to have two amazing, beautiful, healthy young girls. And they're they're growing into little women fast. Yeah. And <laughs> how has this last year been for not only you and your family, but obvi- the kids in the pandemic? And we're more fortunate than most you know and we're very blessed our lifestyle is not um something that everyone had to deal with we homeschool naturally 
Right. So outside of just COVID, we didn't have to take our kids out of school and figure out that whole debacle that most people did have to deal with. So um, for us, we're a very free roaming. We call ourselves the rebel family. We kind of like moved to our own tune, our own drum. And that kind of stayed consistent. But it was difficult that we couldn't do the things that we would normally do, like everybody else, you know, just having places to go, things to do. But in terms of their like everyday activities and their schooling and all that stuff, it remained pretty pretty much consistent for us. Well, that is good. That's, awesome. That's yeah. good to hear. Um, and, and personally, I, I feel along those lines of the same thing is we were very fortunate enough to that you know a I my jobs you good can you hear anything in there how about this let's. That's another beautiful thing about a podcast. We ain't live. Yeah, we <laughs> could stop in the middle of this and it's fix things I out. I can't hear anything. Oh. Pulled someone I pulled, out. I pulled you, his out. Yeah, you pulled me out. No worries, though. I, I trust that your applause is valid. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. I can hear that. Good. I'm good. All right. <laughs> Back to your regularly scheduled broadcast. Um, I've, I've got a few jobs, and uh, during this past year, I was able to do the same thing as well, provide for them and, you know, do our thing. But what really scares and bothers me is the fact that they won't, this year, what has it done psychology to not only our kids, but, I mean, everywhere? What has it done to our kids out there? And only time will tell. Only time will tell. I mean, I think that what we learn as parents early on is that kids are resilient. Yes. And they figure things out. And I know a lot of people do hold on to a lot of childhood traumas late in life, but Early on, I mean, kids can figure out how to get through anything. And they've been rolling with the punches and done an mm-hmm. amazing job and made it easy for us as parents to kind of navigate through this unknown. Right. <sighs> it's crazy. It's, it's been weird, yeah. So are uh, our girls, uh, are, they, uh, are they athletes in the making? They have <laughs> athletic ability, but they don't love it. No? No, they don't. Um, they love Broadway. They love to perform. That is their oh. thing. They've done eight or nine different shows ranging from like six-year-old to ten-year-old put on two-hour performances costume changes set changes um it's called broadway kids academy right uh and it's been great that's kind of what they've gravitated towards i've exposed them to sports soccer basketball all kind of stuff like that and they've really wanted to do their own thing and that's what they choose to do and support them doing it and yeah you're you're happy to absolutely and and i have a sneaky suspicion that once they just get a little bit older and they start actually going, hmm, let's search up daddy. Oh, they're very aware. <laughs> yeah. They travel with me. They live in other countries playing basketball. And right. They went to all the games. So they're very aware. And they've done it for that reason to like, oh, well, I should try it too kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they enjoy it, but they just don't love it the way they do performing. Right. Well, yeah. hey. My, each their own. Like, I want yeah. them to find their own path. You know, my dad played professional baseball. And for me, it was like I wanted to play basketball strictly to be different, strictly to do, you know, my own thing and find my own lane. So if that's their way of doing the similar thing, I'm okay with it. Well, you did pretty decent in finding your own lane, man. I did all right. We yeah. argue about it all the time. He's like, you'd still be playing for the Dodgers right now, sitting in center field, hanging out. Like, oh, we, we argue about it all the time. So, you could be. Yeah. yeah so Imagine if you played for the Dodgers in this last 10-year stretch. That would have been fun. Who? My career was no slouch. It was very fun. I'm very blessed, and I had an amazing run, for sure. Yes, you did. I was kind of pissed off when you left the Lakers, though. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm a, I'm a huge Laker fan. Yeah, I, me I, too. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough But I get it, man. I get it. Business. Yeah, for right? sure. So you, I, I'm going to bring up Kobe later because that's, that's, that's a rough subject, man, even still. I can't even imagine for you guys. Um, but that team, that era, 
man, I was Incredible. in my 30s yeah. and, and just, oh, and that buddy Doug who just left, I can't tell you how many times we sat around the, just like watching you guys and, and yeah. just, and, and you, I mean, mm, yeah, big fan, mm-hmm. big, big, big fan. It. I, uh, uh, I don't fanboy much these days because I've been doing a career in radio and everyone comes in and et cetera, et cetera. And, but, and I didn't fanboy when you pulled out earlier, but I'm literally fanboying right now, well, and, and I don't know what's happening. It's, 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 it's surreal, because <laughs> when you're doing it, you're doing your job, right? right? So you're not really realizing the impact you're having on people, and especially being a member of the Lakers when we're winning. Yep. Everybody sees it, you yeah. know, and so it, it was – it was really fun to be a part of, but then after talking about things like the Kobe incident and stuff like that, to where more and more you start noticing people not having a problem with reaching out and telling you how much you meant to them, right? Because you kind of don't get to, what do you say, like uh, smell the roses while you're still around kind of thing. Right. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. So people yeah. have a hard time while everything's all good saying like, you know, you meant a lot to me. You were very instrumental in my development, my childhood, my 30s, whatever the, the time frame was. And so I really got inundated with a lot of that information when when tragedies happen, right? Right. People were reaching out saying, you know, just thinking about that Laker team and me sitting down with my family and sitting in front of the TV and beating Boston in the championship or whatever their specific antidote was, um, I got a lot of that feedback. So that really let me know how how much people held on to what we were doing at the time. Well, we're on the topic. We might as well ask, how did that personally affect you that day last year when you found out about Kobe? Yeah, it was it was terrible. I mean, my mom was the first one to call me. She's like, did you hear about Kobe? And I'm thinking, like, you know, she's just reading up on some gossip or some right. news or something yeah. like that, and I had no idea. And so then I started following up, trying to get updates to, as to what happened. Did they figure out um, if it was true or not, if yeah. it was a hoax or all that stuff? It was terrible. He was, he was my first idol and one of my best friends. You know, it's like somebody I, I was – I tell people all the time, I was eight years old. Uh, I'm sorry, in eighth grade at the 2000 championship when they won, right? So I'm mm-hmm. watching the parade, I'm watching them win, and then a few years later, I'm on the team and I'm on the on the float with them, right? right. So oh, he was somebody I really looked yeah. up to growing up, and then had the opportunity to spend five years of my life with him every day and um, do some historic, amazing things together. So uh, it was extremely hard. I can't imagine what it was like for for his family and yeah, his I- girls and. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was, I was messed up for quite a while about it, and still, you know, thinking about it is tough. But um, if anybody would want you to move on and keep going on with life and, and be tough and be strong and you know make the most out of what we have left, it would be him for sure. For it, sure. So. Just a true testament to who the man was. Mm-hmm. That it, it, I mean, it literally affected almost everyone who knew him. Period. Even, just, even, even if you didn't know him, right? But like, or you knew of if you knew him. Of him yeah. Definitely. How much that just it was resonated. Like instant global impact. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. You yeah. could see it, and you see people that are pop stars or whatever, Michael Jackson or Prince or whatever. But for some reason, Kobe resonated with the entire was, uh, world. Yeah, like the, the whole game. world yeah. shut down. It doesn't matter if you were playing basketball or soccer in Brazil. Like mm-hmm. they were doing something to show their their love and pay their respect. So. Um, you never really know the impact that he had until something tragic had to happen. And it's it's just tough to think about for sure. 2020 was just a bunch of garbage. And it started with Kobe. Yeah. It, everything just went <laughs> straight yeah. down. Yeah. Thankfully, we are back in. Let me reel this out. We'll get back into happier stuff. Yeah. Your daughters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So your reaction when you found out you were going to be a dad for the first time. I was ecstatic. I mean, you know, at the time, um, my wife and I were together. We were young. I was 23. She's a couple years older than me. 
And, uh, yeah, we're moving on with life. Everything was good. I was playing for the Lakers and just adding to our family. You know, we right. thought we were ready. Um, fortunately, we're ahead of the schedule for most people. I'm sure at 23, some other people would be terrified. But, <laughs> right. You know, I, I was pretty pretty ready. And, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. You know, fun fact is that I delivered both of my children what? at home in our what? bedroom. We did home birth. Oh, wow. And so um, that was really a cool experience. Our first one was a water birth. My daughter was a water birth, and I one. caught her. Yeah. Well, if that's what you want yeah, to call you it. Catch, exactly, <laughs> yeah, you, that's, that's what it's called. Uh-huh. Um, my second one was planned on being a water birth, but I'm filling up the tub, and she's like, it's not happening. It's showtime. Like, right. It's showtime. So um, my older daughter, Phoenix, was uh, three at the time, and she would you know, read to her sister and say, you know, it's your older sister, Phoenix. I can't wait to meet you. And so while the pregnancy and the birth was happening actually she's standing right next to me as she's coming out and she's like oh there's my sister so oh like, wow really cool man that's for her to, to be uh-huh. part of it and get a chance to see and not be like grossed out or scared right. because we kind of prepared her throughout the whole time and she was more excited to be a part of the whole process so that was really cool that's that's, awesome. that's yeah. something that not a lot of families either a think about doing or if they do they they're just there's such a stigma they put it behind it that they don't do it and I think that's wrong. I think what you, that's beautiful. That's a memory that not only for you and the lady and the wife, but sisters. Yeah. And no, big absolutely. sisters going to hold that. I mean, literally, rest of her life, that's yeah. the instant connection right there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She's very – I'm glad the, the younger one wasn't born first because my, my <laughs> older daughter is very maternal, very empathetic. Right. Like, has feelings for other people. My youngest thinks this whole place is built for her. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, their personalities are very different. So I'm yeah. glad the nurturing mother, motherly <laughs> figure of the two of them was born first. Well, so here's my, my, my youngest. Hi, this is Avery. Thanks for listening to my dad on DadCast. She's exactly the same way. The world is hers. Yes. So I can imagine if we got our daughters together at the same <laughs> age. That might be one of those A-type personality conflicts. What's going to happen? It would make for some great video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick Martin. What's up? You tell me, brother. I was just thinking my little guy that you guys just met is the same way. Yeah. The world revolves around him. <laughs> so, but he yeah. doesn't know that No, yet. he knows. Oh, he, he so knows. <laughs> they definitely know. Oh, yeah. he knows. Yeah. No, we were actually thinking about doing the home birth thing because uh, of COVID and stuff. And we're yep. like, how do we get all of our her family because she wanted her mom to be there and um and that kind of stuff and it, the doctor's like no dude, it's just you and your husband that's it yeah and it almost wasn't even me it was just going to be her and so it was like oh my god then i chickened out and i'm like no nah, we need a doctor I, I don't i watched a lot of er but you know <laughs> i don't so, so i don't think i can a handle staff it. there right you have a midwife yeah and um they have what's called a doula right usually and a doula is like more of like a spiritual coach so a doula okay. was somebody that we spent a lot of time with prior to the actual okay. birth itself to prepare me to how to support her through this. Like, okay. you know, I'm not doing anything, really, but saying you're doing a great job. Yeah, coach. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> right. So she's doing all the hard work, but my wife and um, her family were a little scared at first. And we mm-hmm. talked about it, and it's like, we don't live our life in fear. They've been delivering babies for thousands of years. Yeah. We live around the corner from a hospital. If something goes wrong, the staff will say, hey, it's probably a good idea to go over to the hospital. Right. Okay. So we had a lot of things to, like, fall back on okay and she was healthy she was a good candidate for a home birth and she was mm-hmm. up for it she's a yoga instructor she's a doula okay. now herself okay. so she's very much a good candidate for it it's not for okay. everybody but right. it kind of fell right into place and it was like you know what we're not going to let fear dictate our life and how, yeah. we, how we do this and 
Um, but there was definitely a fear-based conversation early yeah. on in the process. For sure. Yeah, no, I was definitely the chicken. In the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not, no. Most not guys are, not not the chickens, but they, they get grossed out by it or they don't know if they'll perform when the moment well, yeah, matters. Like, yeah, what happens if something goes wrong and then, like, you're relying on me? I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I didn't so go yeah, to med school. <laughs> you do have a little bit of help with you. You're yeah. not all, completely alone in the dark, but. Okay. Yeah, the we're actually we're doing IVF the again. The body is amazing, like. It yeah. figures it out for the most part. I mean, I know I'm sure there are some horror stories with some unfortunate mm-hmm. incidents during childbirth, but for yeah. the most part, the way it's supposed to work naturally and when it uh-huh. does happen that way, there's not much you and I really have to okay. do. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're actually doing IVF again. We go okay. and uh, do the transfer in May. Nice. Man. So, yeah, so we're talking about it again, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. What if there's, like, twins or triplets in there this time? <laughs> one after Nick, the other, like a water ride. Yeah. May I impose a bit of advice? I've got butterfingers. <laughs> so I was like, whoops. <laughs> I can almost assure you this opportunity will not come up again in the sense that it's your wife mm-hmm. and your direct child. Maybe a grandkid down the line, something like that. But yeah. take the opportunity, man. Face that fear. All you right. know, Unlike now, what would- you decided not to do earlier and yeah. get in the Shelby Cobra, face the fear and take <laughs> the ride, son. No, I would honestly have to second okay. that because if you're – you're up for it and you can muster up the strength to yeah. get through it all and she's up for it and she's a good candidate for it uh-huh. the experience is so special I mean okay. it, because yeah. not only the actual birth itself right but you're in your home you're in right. your bed your family's downstairs in the living room yeah. you deliver the baby and you get to lay with it for a little bit and say okay I thought his name was going to be John but he looks like Eric to me or whatever and okay. you get to like sit there with your baby and it's not in some hospital bed that they're just right. going to you know, change over as soon as you get out yeah. and put another family in there. It's really like a rewarding, comfortable experience. Okay. You get your own snacks, your own food. She wants something throughout the process. Uh-huh. It's very just home. You're at home. Okay. You know, and I vote. Some more research. I vote yeah. if it's two children, two boys, Jordan and Farmar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't put that pressure. On. <laughs> How about Jordan? All right, can we do one of those? Jordan's awesome, man. I was going to be Jordan if I was a boy or a girl. So yeah, yeah. Now was that after the Michael Jordan? Was it, that your parents it or? Was. It was. Uh, yeah. Well, that's 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 a hard one to follow up, man. I know. You I did. Know. You did pretty good, though. I did, I did my best. You did real I'm damn good. Done, no, I'm not done. I mean, basketball is done, but I'm not done. There's basketball is done. When was your last? professional NBA game, not not across the pond. NBA game was 2016 with 2017 with Sacramento. Sacktown, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I remember watching you at UCLA, man. I, yeah, I, and they had gosh. a good run this year. Yeah, man. Oh, God. I, I don't even get me started. We could go on and on. <laughs> and this, isn't a, this isn't a sports podcast, but whew, that game, yeah, no. that, that, that. I'm feeling a little bad. I, I like the Lakers, but I am a just die-hard Blazer fan. That's all good. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, it's a great organization. They've had some bad luck over the years, they have. but yes, um, they're they're like they kind of remind me of Gonzaga in college basketball. Oh, like everybody's second it. favorite team. Yeah. Like, if you're from Spokane, you love Gonzaga. You're probably from the Pacific Northwest. Uh-huh. You probably love Gonzaga or maybe UW or whatever. But um, everyone else in the country loves Gonzaga, and I feel mm-hmm. that same way about Portland. Like if yeah. every other team has their home team, and then the, the Blazers are like your second favorite. Team <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Right, unless they're playing your favorite team, then exactly. it's like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, Jordan, tell us, does you, is, is it the Farmar Foundation that you've got here yeah, in Jordan Vegas? Yeah, Farmar Foundation. It's actually based in L.A. Okay. Yeah, and so I did a lot of stuff with the Mattel Children's Hospital at mm-hmm. UCLA. 
where we would um, bring kids out to games. You know, they'd be sick and in the hospital for a long time. Them and their family would be able to come out to games and hang out with the whole pregame experience and, you know, shoot around, warm-ups, all that stuff, get autographs from all the other guys. And then um, for, for children who were there for a lot longer, we would uh, – this is before, like, FaceTime and iPads were, like, popular, but yeah. we would get – computers with video chat capabilities and be able to, for them to spend time with their families if they couldn't afford you know cool. to for the families to come and visit mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then i opened up a learning center where kids in underserved neighborhoods can come in and excel in education stuff and is that still going on in la yeah yeah what do you got going on here in vegas i haven't your I haven't, new hometown so, right so foundation wise right nothing. yeah i haven't done anything um and moved the foundation wise but Vegas is home now. We've been here for seven years, and it's gone by so fast, it doesn't even feel like that because the first few were towards the end of my career, so I was playing, and right. I would come here yeah. in the offseason. But um, now we've established roots here, and this is home, and this is where you know I'm going to raise my kids, and they're going to say they're from Vegas, not, not from L.A., right? So, um, yeah, I'll start doing more and more on the, on the foundation and the give-back side. But I've been establishing myself as a builder. I'm building high-end homes now, and so a builder builder, cool. like literally, yeah. you're going out and doing the work. Um, I so I built a house for myself. This is how it all started. I built a house okay. for myself. Um, I actually I bought a house on the other side of town. Hated it. Hate where it was. D- didn't enjoy it. Was like I got to get back to LA. This isn't for me. This is what I'm thinking. This is a few years ago. So I buy land in L.A., and I start designing plans. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to build my own house in Tarzana. Okay. Right, neighborhood that right. I went around the corner from where I went to middle school. Like, I'm going to go back home. And so throughout that process, I'm going back and forth to L.A., and it's, like, traffic, and it's noisy, and people are just running around. It's the hustle and bustle of L.A. You know what yeah, it is, right? Yeah. So it's like, this isn't for me either. Like, this is not what I'm looking for either. So I end up selling that land and buying a lot here. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to build here in Vegas in a different location. Right. Uh, now we're in Southern Highlands. And so I build that house. I finish it. It's beautiful. I lived there for six months, finish it right before the pandemic. And then so people start moving from California, like mass exodus out of California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my real estate agent, who's been buying all my properties for me here or helping me purchase them at least, says, would you mind if I show your property off market? There's a lot of people from California who are interested in buying. And if they make you an offer, you can't refuse. You can sell it. If not, you can say, go know go do your own thing or find another house to live in i get what you're packing up on there i guess (laughs) i guess it can't hurt they can look at it i'll go do something for an hour or whatever so i was there for six months someone knocks on the door one day and says can we look at your house they look at it and they write an offer tonight and it's much more than i thought the house was worth and i said you can have it like i'll do it again (laughs) right so in that process the same real estate agent had a client who she's selling a house for and they want to build a home she's like do you know any good builders she's like well Jordan's not a builder per se, but he just built a house and they, they had walked their dog around my neighborhood and watched my house go up. And they, they loved the house and they knew what she was talking about. Right. So they come and knock on my door and say, hey, would you be willing to build me a house? And I said, I can do it. I'm not a builder, but sure. Like I'm going to build my own. I can build yours at the same time, whatever. That process, I'm like, you know what? Let me just do this right. So I go and I get my general contractor's license. Uh, and now I'm a licensed builder and I will build high-end homes in my neighborhood, basically. That's and cool. yeah. you can do that anywhere now? I can do it anywhere in Vegas right. now. But yeah, I, my plan is to make a living and never have to leave my gates. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Do some amazing things. In our, uh-huh. There's a lot of opportunity in my specific community that I live in. Southern Highlands Golf Club here in Vegas is one of the 
really don't, nice private Sorry, man. Don't mind. We are doing this inside of a custom yeah, hot rod they, shop. Yeah, the and way. it looks to me like they are starting up a V8 of some sort down there. So, everyone listening, I apologize, but that's the beauty of being on the road with DadCast in Vegas. You get to talk and hang out with Jordan Farmar, who's a general contractor now, yeah, yeah. Um, and get distracted by vehicles. Now, are you passionate about Very this? So, so it's not even work for you? It is not. It's a lot of work. It's, oh, it's yeah. It's a lot of work to do it, but it feels similar to basketball, to where you're enjoying what you're doing, mm-hmm. that it's not, um, how do I say it, stressful. I mean, even though there is a lot of things, a lot of problems to be solved, I feel like more of a music producer than a builder, right? Right. I take take very talented individuals who do different things, and I put them together to make this beautiful symphony. And so somebody, you know, lays the concrete, then another person frames the house, then the stucco guy, then the window guy, and together, at the end of it, we have the song that we're trying to create, right? Mm -hmm. So my job is to organize things, um, hang out with guys on the job site, make sure they're having a good time, make sure they're passionate about what they're doing, they do do it properly. Um, and just try to build and produce a better quality product that's been out here because I'm not doing it strictly for the money, right? That's not the, the motivating factor for me. It's something that engages me mentally. Um, for my own house, I built all the cabinetry in the house. I mm-hmm. built all the woodwork. So I set up shop in the garage, and me and my partner, we built all the stuff. So that house was very much hands-on. Um, these other houses probably won't be as much. I have my partner still who does yeah. woodworking stuff, but I don't know how much I will personally do moving forward. But, yeah, it is very, very rewarding. Has HGTV become your new favorite station? <laughs> I, I was watching that a long time before I started. Like, while I was playing, I'm always watching DIY Network. I yeah. love <laughs> that. that. Was, that's a guilty pleasure of mine. That's what started it. I mean, yeah. I'm like, every house I'm living in. I could in, do that. Why did they build it this way? I should change it. I will change it. And then I right. end up doing it. I'm like, I'm tired of changing it. I just want to build one the way I want it. From, from scratch, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of the, the process. How many houses have you built now so far? I built... One from the ground up, which was my own, right. but I've remodeled and done everything it takes to build a house 15 different times and houses all over the place. So, yeah, I've, I've been well versed in that. And, um, yeah, I actually built this house here in Vegas out of concrete. I was the first, it's called ICF, Isolated Concrete Forms. Uh-huh. It's very popular up in Canada or hurricane areas and stuff like that, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's concrete. It's not going anywhere. You see a ever. lot of that in South Florida. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, a lot of people use it for retaining walls and they build in hillsides. So mm-hmm. they have like a walkout basement where you have to hold back that hillside um, scarp or whatever. And yeah, I, I decided to build the entire house out of it. So it was, a, it was literally like solid as a Have you named your company? Yes. So my partner, um, his name is Matthew Hoy. He was a high-end furniture builder. <laughs> Whoa. What's happening now? No wheels on the bottom or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He was a high-end furniture builder. He's from Michigan. All right. His furniture company was called Third Coast Collection because they called Michigan oh, yeah. the Third Coast. Okay. So we we just divvied off of that and called it Third Coast Homes, and that's that's what it is. He's he is my woodworking division of our home building. So we have all the closets, all the cabinetry, all the built-ins, all the kitchens. Everything is in-house, which makes it really easy for quality control and. Mm-hmm. We can save a bunch of money by not outsourcing that kind of stuff. So I guess that's way better than championship contractor. Exactly. That was the first choice. <laughs> I deferred to him. I mean, yeah. I thought that was a win right there until, yeah, all right. You so got my it. background, I've done yeah. 20 years furniture sales, so yeah. I've, I've heard of that company. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Very, very good stuff. Yep. So 
Yeah. 20 years. That's why you're it's so... Actually, it's actually 25 So you're so stout. Wow. Furniture and appliance sales, yeah. It Nick, goes by fast, though. I mean, it's, you it's you just do it yeah. year after year, and you look back, and you're like, same with me living yeah. here. To say seven years sounds crazy to me, yeah. but it feels like it was just yesterday. I was 17, my first furniture store I worked in. Yeah. Like, That's and, and to put so weird. that in perspective, you've lived here as long as your youngest daughter's been alive. Exactly. Exactly. Seven years ago. Same with me. <laughs> She's going to be eight next month, and it's just... Wow, it it it's goes. It just goes. It's so weird. Yeah, you. She's gonna. She's twenty two. There's only like four or five more years until she hates me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, never, man. Oh, yeah. No. God forbid oh, that. But yeah, they I don't. Mean, they don't hate you. Hate no, you. They just I know. They, they, they just dislike you a whole yeah. lot. They find That's their own all. path. <laughs> dislike I don't you know a about lot. that, man. I think girls and dads are special. Like daddy's. They girls, are. Right? It's a different kind of bond. Yeah. And I think they'll. They'll always know that they can come back and, and have you to lean on and have you for support, for sure, at mm-hmm. least with my girls, and that's our relationship. Now, yeah. hopefully it stays that way, but I'll do whatever I can to, to ensure <laughs> it, that. When they get about 16, it gets a little weird. They, I believe it, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a few few hours of the day where they're just like, you don't understand anything, Dad. <laughs> yeah. I know. Everything yeah. I'm <laughs> going through, yeah. <laughs> you have never even heard of. Exactly. That's right. There's no possible way you could ever understand what's happening. Yeah, we thought happening. the same things, though. I know. Yeah. We thought the exact same exactly. thing. Exactly. And we now, outsmart our parents, and we knew, and they're sitting there laughing. I, I laugh. I mean, I see it, and I'm just like, I did the same thing. Yeah. Yep. It's hilarious. <laughs> but how do we, shouldn't we be able to have learned since we know that? It's that crazy circle. Yeah. That yeah. It, it, it <laughs> cracks me my up. My parents say it's karma. It's yeah. just, yeah. Karma coming back That's at right. you. Exactly. Exactly. You were, <laughs> hell we call you were a little <laughs> asshole when you were a kid. Exactly. <laughs> so. It's coming back. Is your knee hurting right now? A little bit. Is there something going on with the knee? Yeah, because, I am, I'm trying to play oh, basketball to stay in shape and all that stuff. But because I'm all good. You're, you're, you're lucky then because you should have heard all the talking, trash talk, Nick. Trash. <laughs> Nick. Nick was telling me for, for, three we- oh, <laughs> yeah. for three weeks building up to this. Yeah, that's okay, right. that's actually a lie. Every time we talked about it, we did say point blank. It doesn't matter if it's one-on-one. Even if it's two on one, okay? Maybe if you could post him out because you're yeah. wide and he passes to me, maybe we'll get one layup yeah. in. But, uh, dude, I'm old and slow. It's not going to happen. And I'm old and fat. So, you know, <laughs> it's probably a good thing we're not playing this one on one game we'll, today. We'll do, we'll do it again. We, we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll back in June, again. man. You're going right. to be. Oh, and I'd also like I, 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 I'd like to do this on the air because there's uh, proof that it actually happened. Okay. So you know, he's scared. He's a little. He's, a little, scared, he's, he's nervous. He's like, okay, what's what's about to happen here? Um, I'm inviting every guest who's been on the show um, back for a very very short episode via Zoom um, Father's Day special. All right. So everyone's like Randy Couture, yourself, Stormy Warren, Brett Young, Brian. And are we all going to be on the same episode? All, like fifty. Little yeah, there's yeah. going to be like Brady twenty. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just wish each other happy Father's Day, and then also wishing all the fathers out there that deserve it. Yeah. A happy Father's Day, and that's probably going to be early June when we do that. Right. So. Yeah. But you're coming back out here for that? No, no, no we're no, going to no. do that via have, Zoom. We have some but other stuff. But you're coming out here in June yeah. to play yeah. basketball with me. Yes, that, that, that's the only. As long as as long as your knees, you're near. Your knees healed. Yeah, you know we I don't mean, need any excuses when 47 year old JP fat guy. If it's not healed by then, we got some real, <laughs> okay. real issues. It's probably not a strain MCL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just want to relive that three point shot, man. Oh. Mm, that was, I, I'm drinking, Nick. You gotta take All over. Right, yeah, no, we got some. We have some really big things happening in June, so we'll be out doing some more interviews. Kind of hopefully shooting an episode for a TV show that we're gonna pitch. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. No details on that, Nick. 
No yeah. details yet. But got a stick. Somebody's going to steal it. It's going to be awesome. He might be a good candidate. You are. Yes, you would actually be a great candidate. All right, we'll get Don't be scared. We'll talk later about that. We'll talk about off the thing. Yeah. Um. Wow. Lakers. Hashtag ESPN. That's all I'm going to say. Jersey. You went to Jersey. Now they're Brooklyn. Yeah. How do you feel about what's going on in the NBA today, right now, this second? If in you were to call it, it just as far as the play and not not any politics or anything. I'm talking about I who's I was playing right now. Who's yeah, going to win? Just, uh, who's gonna, to who's the finals? Is it Brooklyn, LA? A lot of things have to go into it, right? You have to be healthy and you have to be of playing course. well at the right time. Um, unfortunately, both those teams are battling injuries. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the favorites, I would say, the Lakers, defending champions. Um, would be my favorite going into the season, but seeing all the stuff they've dealt with lately and LeBron's injured and Anthony Davis is, I think he's coming back tonight. Yeah, it's I think his so. First yeah. game in a long time. So, and then on the Brooklyn side, I mean, Harden's going down with hamstring injuries. Mm-hmm. And Katie just got back, so that stuff matters when you go through the playoffs. You know, it's a, it's a hamstring away from being a completely different team. And mm-hmm. so, if both teams are healthy, uh, I, I've got to say the Lakers. Okay, but they're not healthy. So what's wrong with Jordan Farmore maybe making an appearance for the playoff run? Wrong. I've been ready for years. Would you do it? Could you do it right now? Any could. NBA team calls you up and says, "Hey, man, we need we need you." Hundred percent. Oh, it's so awesome. I could do it. Will I get that call? Probably not. And why? Yeah. And why? I mean, let's just generalize it. Not you in particular, but I'd say you're just a bit past prime. But no way, yeah, an absolute a, it's wash a, up. It's a uh, very, very difficult business. And my position in particular, like backup point guards, right? Um, they're only truly valuable on a team that's trying to win. And if you look at this landscape of the NBA, there are there are only probably usually like five or six teams that actually really feel they have a chance to win. And so as you get older, your minimum salary goes up and your value to all the rest of the teams goes out the window. They'd rather, instead of having an old guy on their team, they'd rather give it to a 19-year-old rookie and see what he can do with those same opportunities in right. the same minutes. And maybe they hit, you know, a, a diamond in the rough kind of thing. And if they're not trying to win in your championship experience, your expertise in, you know, being in that locker room or whatever, don't carry as much weight on those other teams, then you have very limited opportunities to the good teams. And the good teams, teams are usually filled from top to bottom, you know, the, of... Um, everything that they need so it's happened before but that's the reason why there's a lot of guys who are in my position who are really good basketball players later in their career who right. just don't have those opportunities because there's only so many jobs available ah that's disappointing i'm not gonna name names but i could i got a list right here that i'm like jordan farmar better yeah i do it all the time better but, but you right gotta, but you gotta <laughs> i mean you gotta respect the game because i'm sure when i was playing there's a Older, older player. They felt the same way at that time. Right. So that's kind of comes with the territory, and, and you just yeah. got to make the most you can with the opportunities you were given, and yeah. and roll with the punches after that. Yeah. And you know what? You got two rings. I do. Yeah. I you do. played on the greatest team with some of the greatest players, so you got. Yeah. That. No, I was I mean, very, very fortunate. Yeah. Man. Yeah. For sure. That's, that's awesome. so amazing. Yeah. You didn't bring those rings with you today, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's a picture right there. Next time when we play. Okay. <laughs> well, Nick, he's, you're gonna get run over. I know. Uh oh, we got another. Oh, now the truck's in here. That thing's gorgeous. You know, I'm just going to show it. Look. Look down there. All right. Yeah, I told you we were in a hot rod shop. All right, Nick. Yes. You got to got something. You got a dad joke for us? I didn't, No, I didn't bring the dad jokes this time. I was, I, yeah, no. I kind of gave up on that book. Well, so, good. <laughs> were you writing the book or you were reading no, it? No, no, no. So my daughter for Christmas, she, so we started this podcast last year. 
and she's like super stoked on it. So she's 16. For she got me a dad joke book for Christmas. She's like, Dad, you have to use it's one a day for a whole year. Gotcha, use it in the gotcha. podcast. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then you just gave up on it. Oh, it's terrible. There has not been <laughs> yeah. one good joke yet, dude. It's, They're it's pretty the, bad jokes, it's man. It's the worst thing ever. Got you. So maybe you need to write a better one. That's what I'm telling JP. I'm like, once let's get the let's get the podcast rolling. It's hard. Let's to get the next step. Rolling. 365 good jokes. Yeah. But my plan is, it's not hard to do 365 episodes of Dadcast. That's true. It's going to yeah. take if we do one a week. That's going to take what six years. But yeah. at the end of that six years, if we get each guest to tell us one dad joke. Exactly. Freaking yeah. pot of gold landmine we, right there, the, man. We've got the retirement plan. So does Jordan Farmar I have a dad have, joke? No, you can't just spring it on me. <laughs> <laughs> Father's Day, especially. Oh, okay. all right. There we go. All right, you heard it here <laughs> first. Yes. Oh, you better practice. Yeah. You, we need I'll get some. it ready. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. So with your kids, 7 and 10, loving uh, theater and stage and dad, they're, they're very aware that dad is a superstar athlete, champion. Where is the how do I word this correctly why don't you just give it a little nudge towards the athleticism I mean because when especially like when high school rolls around yeah is that is that something that you know you because me as a dad I, I know my son he's especially in the last year it's been difficult getting them outside because they're scared and you know for the first six months we didn't want them to go out anyway but now that springtime's rolled around, it's nice out, it's getting difficult to get out. Get off that computer, man. Get off the Fortnite. Go throw a football. Go ride your bikes. Um, when they get in high school, how is that for you? Are you, are you going to give them a little bit of nudge and nah, say, man. try? To, like, I really won't. I won't. And not even let's go outside and throw a ball? I think, I mean, you guys can probably attest to this, that as parents, all you can want for your kids is, is the best, right? Mm-hmm. For them to be healthy. And as happy as they possibly can be in their own lane, whatever whatever their truth is, whatever they want to do with their life. I don't want to impose what I think would be a good option. And frankly, being a woman athlete isn't the most like um, how do I say it? Like this, yeah, path. Like, right, you yeah. Know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. It's completely different if I had a son mm-hmm. who wanted to play in the NBA or who had the potential to, and then just needed a little nudge right but right it's a lot different for, for women you know pro women sports is not like you're instant millionaire and right. the life is set forever or whatever so um that being said you want them to find whatever they enjoy whatever their path in life is and so if they found it at a young age and it may change completely by now in high school they may gravitate back towards sports right but i want them to to be the ones making that decision right and as involved and as much support as they want i'll be there to provide it but whether it's taking them to acting classes and singing classes and right. Broadway theater all the time and being the first dad in the first row crying when they bow together. <laughs> oh, and, you know. You know. Uh, like, I'll, I'll still be there to support them whatever they decide, but I don't want it to be my journey that they're trying to live. I want them yeah. to, to do their own thing. Has daddy cried? Every time. So my daughter. Every not. time, man. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's a like, thing, yeah. And I'm not, like, a really sentimental, emotional guy at all, right. but every single it's time, nuts, man, right? I cry. Oh, dude, yeah. it's, it's insane, Two years yeah. ago. Avery, little she won our community's Pear Blossom Junior Royalty Pageant. You can only enter when you're five years old, so you get one shot. Yep. And she won it, and I was just, bruh, I was a mess. <laughs> yep. And I've got video proof. I'll tag it up there. Now it's, but my son now completely. I'm, I'm harder on my son. Yeah. I'm harder on him. Uh, I know where I was going now. Okay. Are there? Any possible sons in the future? No, I'm done. You're done. I'm done. That's it. 
Yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Okay. Honestly, like I feel that my girls are really amazing. That dynamic they have with one another is really special. I'm not saying you're not missing out, but there's there's is there's no want. There's this just there's not going to no happen. Want. I don't want. I mean, you Just never know. Nick, though, take notes. You never know what can happen. Okay. I'm okay. just saying, like, it's not in the cars and in the right, plans yeah. for the future. So I was done when my, my yeah. 14-year-old was born, right? I got fixed and everything. I got remarried. My wife didn't have any kids, and she's like, let's have a baby. And like, yeah. She's like, that's a deal breaker for me. I'm like, no, I get oh, it. That's why I said right. you can never say never, yeah. but if, if you so, ask you yeah. however many years ago, if that was part of your plan. Oh, no. Exactly. No, five years ago, hell no. Exactly. I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm all. I think, you're fixed. Yeah, yeah, you're done. I'm, go, I'm golden. So yeah. So no, I got unfixed and yeah, yeah. You fixed the whole, fix. Yeah, we're on a whole nother journey. And, wow. But so, like, I got to go back to the whole like pushing your kids into the sports thing. Like I pushed my daughter to play softball, yeah. and it like it didn't work. Yeah, I didn't. So every time she fails or every time she doesn't do what she thinks I want, it's my fault. Yeah. So it's like okay. All right, pull out your guitar, just get back to singing and doing what you want yeah, to do. I'm part, gonna part of the struggle, back you up 100 percent on 100%, that. 100. So. Part of the struggle, yeah. part of the success is the struggle, and the only way you're gonna put up with the struggle is if you love it. Yeah, if it's something that you're really passionate about, right? So yeah, my athlete, coach, dad side comes into play when they say they want to do Broadway or whatever, but then don't take time to study their lines or something like that to where mm-hmm. I say, hey, man, like you said you want this. Do you want – I can take you out tomorrow. We cannot do it. No, 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 no. I, I want – okay, well, now yeah. – So I can push in that regard, right? But I'm not trying to push yeah, my yeah, I guess own you find a different way to push. On, yeah. on what they – what different. path they choose. That's their yeah. own journey. And if they hate it, that's their own fault. Like, right. they, you know, they'll figure it out, yeah. and, they'll, and I'll be there to support them. And I think as a parent and as a dad, the biggest thing I would tell any parent – is to let your kids fail. Mm-hmm. Let them fail. Like, let them try whatever they want, but failing is where you learn the lessons. Failing is where you, you get some kind of, um, not with daughters, but I would say balls, but... Yeah. Intestinal fortitude. Yeah, your right. fortitude is really developed in those times of where everything's yeah. not all peaches and cream. Right. And so... And you I also figure out your path that way, too. Like, you actually figure yeah, out what you want to do. Like, you. Because you have to be able to look failure in the face and say, I'm still going to go on because this is really what I want to do. Right. You know, how many, how many dancers or actresses get cut? How many great actresses would get cut from movie roles and they yeah. have to go home and cry and say, oh, I'm not thin enough or I'm not the right color or I'm not mm-hmm. whatever. And they might question their own abilities, but it might not have anything to do with that. And you have to be able to stomach that right. and, and move forward if that's the path they want to go. But that same analogy can be translated to any field yeah. that, that anybody wants to go into. Do you have a good relationship with your father? I do. Was he, did he push you in any way? Do you see yourself being the same father as your father was to you? Or So my, my mom and dad divorced, so I didn't live in the house with my, my father. So my, my dad was always a huge part of my life. Um, my mom remarried my stepdad, so my stepfather was more of my everyday father figure in the house. My right. dad was always kind of like my best friend. Right, so we were always had a close relationship. Mm-hmm. I would go visit and see him every other weekend. I told you he was coaching baseball up in the Pacific right. Northwest. Yep. So I would go be the bat boy for those teams. Yeah, and be really be around pro sports every day through my dad. But my daily life lessons of like do your homework, you know, have responsibilities, wash the dishes, whatever was my stepfather who was in the house every day. So I was fortunate to have a man come into my house and raise me like I was his own son, and and you know really instill some good values in me. And also have my dad be a very active part of my life and do the same. So it, I was fortunate to have two dads. And, um, yeah, I can't thank both of them enough. 
That's good. I'm in that's the awesome. same. That's literally the same position I'm in. Yeah. You know, my six year old, she's got her dad, who's great. We get along. He's a good guy. Um, but most of the time is, you know, home with mom and myself. Yep. And it could be difficult on the parent side. Yeah. Um, I. This is something I didn't. You know, I was also a stepchild myself. Jokes now. Get them out. Redheaded stepchild. Okay. <laughs> Heard it all before. Um, but seeing this side of it as the father, trying to navigate being a parent to a stepdaughter who has a father in her life who's good. Yep. And try and because and, and we're completely different. He does his way, I do my way, and then 100%. and then guess what happens? Something's yeah, gonna come up, but yeah. dad my dad doesn't, and yeah. it's like, well, darling, this you're not at your dad's. Yep. You know, this is how it is here. Navigating that as they get older, Hoo-hoo, yeah, I can man. Only imagine, you know, in, during puberty and yeah, you're not my dad, or you know, all those <laughs> kind of conversations. I'm sure a lot of parents have to yep. deal with. Step parents would have to deal with, but no, it takes a lot to raise somebody. It takes a lot to raise your own kids, but it mm-hmm. takes a lot to raise somebody else's children as if they were your own and yeah. love them the same way. So hats off to you for that, man. Like, oh, thank seriously. you. Like, it's it's a, it's a big deal. It ain't easy, but it's worth it, man. Yeah, for it's sure. the whole that's. It's so worth it. That's why we kind of started this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and it's growing yeah. exponentially. Jordan friggin' Farmar's on it. That's right. I mean, I don't know if you understand how big of a deal this is for us, man. I don't, because I'm just dad. I, I, I hear you. I, yeah. and, and that's such a cool attitude that you have, because actually I've come across that more and more now as we're doing this. Everyone has such, not everyone, that's, that's a terrible thing to say, but, you know, a lot of people have certain ideas and thoughts on how Big athletes, celebrity people, movie stars, musicians, how they're di- they're not different people, man. Yep. I mean, yeah, the they're, a lot of them are, but for the most part... You, no, we're all the same. Man. You're all... Exactly. And this show is helping prove that and humanizing... You know what you just you know, said first? You said we have Jordan Farmer on the show, right? But my kids don't know me as that. They, of course, they know that's my name, but right. I'm just dad. Yeah. Right? And that's all they know you as. They did a little book report on their hero or whatever, and they chose me and all the stuff that I've done, right? But at the end of the day, they don't call me Jordan Farmer. They don't look at me like that. They just look well, at me as dad. I, I just think it'd be awkward if I called you dad, man. No, I, so, get, it. You I know. get it. I get it. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, to the people that matter the yeah. most yeah, in yeah. your life, that's what you are. Like, your yeah. whole my whole identity of a Laker NBA player whatever they don't care anything about right. that. They I just want to know, can they watch Netflix? Or, yeah. You know, can I watch their YouTube channel? Can Come I on. take them out to, you know, ride bikes or whatever? You know? <laughs> That's so awesome. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the level of you, but, you know, within about 20 square mile radius in Southern Oregon, I'm famous. Because yeah. I've been on radio for 20 years. So I can still attribute this. Mm-hmm. We'll go out somewhere in the kids and hardly a day goes by. And we go, oh, GP, what's up? What's up, man? And my son looks at me. How does he know you? Yep. I'm like, I don't know. Yep. Kid, I, I don't I don't know who that is. How did he know you? Yep. It, radio, dude. Yeah. Come on, you know I'm on radio. It's like, oh, whatever. And then we just carry on, and mm. dad is dad. And I wouldn't have it any other way, man. Yeah, that's funny because, you know, walking through a restaurant or a hotel or whatever, and someone who doesn't know you but recognizes you might call you from afar, Jordan. Uh-huh. And I can hear it, but I'm, like, going all with my life, and I'm, right. I realize I'm too far. I'm not going to turn around and run all the way back. So I'll keep walking. But my kids turn around. <laughs> and I'm right? like, Dang it. your name is not Jordan. Like, why are you turning around? You know, and they, and they start getting used to like, okay, well, this is all part of it. Like, we're just going to continue mm-hmm. on their life. But, but to, to say that they look and like, why do all these people ask you questions? Why do they come up to you and take pictures or whatever? And they're starting to really understand that 
um, what I did was was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, man. And it it's, impacted a lot of people. Do you get stopped a lot still? For sure. I mean, Vegas is damn near Southern California. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of Laker fans, a lot of yeah. UCLA people. My my journey, a lot like Lonzo Ball, who's currently in the NBA. I'm mm-hmm. he's playing for the Pelicans now, but going to high school in Southern California, then playing at UCLA, then getting drafted by the Lakers. They they watch your development. They feel mm-hmm. like they've been part of your growth right. and your life. And so they feel like they know you more so than another player who's just on the team. Right. They've seen you in high school and watched you be an All-American. And they see you in college and watching the national championship game. And they saw you play for the Lakers and win championships. So they feel like they've seen you progress and my hair on my face and all, all, all stuff. <laughs> like, I knew you before you had a beard or whatever. <laughs> you know, kind of stuff like that. And so, yeah, um, but this is like a transplant uh, Laker community. So, mm-hmm. and all the people from Southern California drive up to 15 and spend a lot of time here. So I get it all yeah. the time for sure. That's, yeah. that's good stuff. Does it bother you sometimes? I mean, oh, I mean, it, it's part, I mean, if someone's rude with it, then right. of course. And has like, that happened? Of course it's happened. Um, but someone will come up to me while you're eating or something. You say, you know, can I get an autograph or a picture? Say, sure. As soon as I'm finished eating, then I'll stop by and, and spend some time with you. Right. Yeah. But, um, for the most part, everyone, it's been cool. It's been a handful of times where people just been uh, unruly, I would say. Yeah, because, I mean, humans are, a lot of them out there are not the coolest people, man. Yeah. And yeah. I would say more of the, the combative nature comes online. You know, it come when they're not face-to-face yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The same guy that might take a picture with you might say something different on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. But um, in person, I think, for the most part, people have been pretty cool. Good. Yeah. Nick? You got nothing got, for me? I got nothing for you. You're killing me, co-host. <laughs> well, well, when we meet next time. Yeah. Oh, Jordan, get some. Think of more stuff. That's right. Got, well, no, I I'm like, think I'm still, like, this I, is, I brought a baby to Vegas. Like, yeah. What, what idiot does that? This guy, <laughs> man. There's more to Vegas than just a strip, though. No, man. no. I, no, yes. well, yeah. no, the plan was to, to work and like not stay up all night and... You know, yeah, it's like, I feel like I partied a lot harder with the baby than I did the last time I came to exactly. Vegas and actually partied. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, you know what time I went to bed last night? Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Yeah. You, right you know up. why? Because I, I got up why. at two thirty and drove thirteen and a half hours oh, to get here. You know, you know what? Because I, I didn't want to bring all this on a plane. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I get it. But and I also really like driving. It's kind of therapeutic for me, especially that trip it's in the nice, desert. Nice drive. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, no kids in the car. The lady screaming at me. So Don't worry, I love them. A little bit of therapy, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But on the way home, they're back with you. My lady and my son. Are we there yet? <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we stop at this bathroom seventy-five times? My thirteen-hour drive will be sixteen, seventeen hours on the way home. Yep. All right. So not too therapeutic that way. Breaks and stops. Oh, at least eighty-seven of them. Yeah, gotcha. You know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Do you spend much time uh, up in uh, the Pacific Northwest anymore? No, not much. Ever young, okay. No, I, I mean, I don't have any ties. I had an uncle, Milt Davis, who played for the Colts, who had a ranch up in Eugene, Oregon, that right. I would go okay. visit him every now and then, but he passed a couple years ago. So since then, um, and then COVID's happened, I haven't been up there. Home of the Ducks? Yeah. How, how has, well, we already asked that, but can you explain basically as a community as a whole, as a town as a whole, how has Vegas, especially Vegas, it's, it's very different than any other town in the entire planet. Yeah. Uh, how has this city affected and reacted and recovered from COVID? Oh. That you've seen? It's hard to say. I mean, in the beginning, everybody was scared. Nobody knew what was going on. Right. Just kind of going off whatever they heard on the media. Um, as it's kind of played itself out, people have been more and more lax and 
I think would be respectful to the social distancing and mask requirements and capacity requirements and all that stuff. But for the most part, we've been, what I would say is like open. Like it's felt like it hasn't like shut down completely aside from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And then you can still go to restaurants. You can still do things. I mean, okay, Vegas as a whole, we didn't have any nightclubs. The casino shut down for the first time in history. Right. Um, What else? The shows, like all the Cirque du Soleil shows and no sporting events, no conventions. So Vegas, like what makes Vegas Vegas and why people come here was kind of shut down, but the local community still continued, right? And right. We could still go to local restaurants and do a lot of things that were everyday life didn't feel so um, so much different because we don't, I would, say, I would say for probably 90% of people that live in Vegas don't spend a tremendous amount of time on the Strip, mm-hmm. right? So that's more the tourist community. But there are a lot of people who live in Vegas who work there, and that those people were really affected by yeah. not having mm-hmm. their jobs and their livelihoods open. But um, I think for the for the most part, it's been it's been okay. I, I know it's been tough for a lot of people in a lot of places, and I would assume that it's, they've been hit harder than we have. But I know that this trip drives so much of our economy here mm-hmm. that um, I'm probably speaking from a little bit of a skewed perspective, a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Okay. A couple more questions, and then we're going to let you get the heck out of here. Right. Uh, your daughters. Now, we know they're not huge at wanting to play sports. We've come to that conclusion. But do they like sports? They do. Who's their football team? They do. They're not fanatics of anybody, I would say. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they know enough about They don't follow enough to, to love people. They like the Aces, the Las Vegas Aces, the uh, women's team. Uh-huh. Had season tickets and would take them to all the games, and they, they love that. Um, they love to participate in the community in different ways, um, but I don't think that they have a favorite team, favorite player in any sport, really. Does Daddy have a favorite football team? I mean, I would have to say the Raiders now. And now? I mean, they have to be. I mean, Who was it before? I wasn't a fanatic. Of, I okay. love sports. Right? I love I how love he says fanatic, too. Do you know fan is literally short for fanatic? Yep. Yeah. But if you say, who are you a fanatic of in football? You go, ah, yeah. yeah. wait, whoa, you're making me sound like a crazy person. Yeah, no, for real. I guess I'm a crazy person. Being a player, I think, really gave me a hard time to, like, get on the other side of that. Really? Even for a different sport? Yeah. While I was playing, I think more now that I'm done and now I'm older, I love to go to the hockey games. I'm excited for the Raider games. Like, I want to be a part of the community from the other side Mm -hmm. and really appreciate what these guys are doing because I know what they're going through on the other end, right? So um, I definitely do appreciate it, and and I watch sports in a different light now that I'm out of it and removed from it. it. It may get one pay-per-view by, but I am all in. Derek Carr versus Jordan Farmar one-on-one. For basketball? Yeah. If you, yeah, okay. I think you're, I think <laughs> you're going to whoop them, but there's uh, like, I would hope so. There's a couple yeah. of my favorite players, man, so that would be... <laughs> I mean, I think you're talking about like a football accuracy contest or whatever he got me beat but oh well I would hope so I would hope so yeah all right well Jordan Farmer and I are now best friends because he's a Raider fan I'm, yeah. I might have to switch my team but then I'd be like a what, band what is your team now you're Niners. Seahawks no, no you're I'm a Niners yeah okay. I grew up so my grandparents live in the Bay Area so every summer I go down but there you for chose the, the Niners over the Raiders in the Bay Area I did okay. because yeah. why because your parents because uh, they no, played on half of a baseball I actually <laughs> <laughs> didn't bother me none yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, don't care. I was LA though my dad took me <laughs> to LA Raider games awesome, right? you guys 
I've, I've seen pictures. I've yeah, seen. Yeah. So sweet. I want to go inside more than anything yeah, in the world. Season tickets, man, and it just sucks. Like the first season, it was COVID right. Yeah. And they shut everything down, so we've been really excited to get it started and go. Did you get? Then, now you have season tickets, but did you also buy your seats? Yeah. So okay, gotta, just like Brian Lindsay, yeah. who we had in here. Um, yeah, you gotta buy your same seats deal. For Thirty years. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. yeah. Not cheap, man, but uh, worth it. Worth it. I hope Good. so. Dedication, right? There. I mean, you got those seats. For, I mean, like you said, those. There's not that many games, man. There's mm-hmm. there's really eight games in yeah. preseason. So okay. eight weekends. Yeah. Is all you're talking about. It's not like it's a huge time commitment, but it can be a lot of memories and a lot of yeah. cool experiences. Definitely. But what about all the unknown possible acts that are going to walk through that? Oh, yeah. that venue. You get those seats. Too. You got those seats too. Yeah. You said you literally are sitting on your tickets are printed money. For 30 years. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I hope so. Garth Brooks is the first one, I think. Oh. They can have those tickets. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. For well, me. Yeah, not, not, I'll take them. That'd be a great giveaway on DadCast. Yeah. <laughs> Telling you we would become number one that'd in everything of, for the yeah. world if that were to happen. I think the first event outside of a concert is uh, Arizona BYU. They have some, yeah, that's, some sort of game, that's coming up. bowl game or preseason bowl game or something like that. Mm. Yeah. I saw. I got. To, I got an email for that. Yep. You know, because I'm a Raider fan and I'm on the Raider email list. Pre-order your tickets now. I'm like, oh my gosh! And it's like BYU <laughs> versus Arizona. I'm like, no, ah. <laughs> maybe if USC or UCLA shows the up. The field is cool, man. Have you guys seen how the field yeah. attracts in it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's sweet, man. They did a good job with this. Place. It is literally Vegas it, can build anything. The though. sweetest a- anything yeah. you can I, dream I, of. Vegas can yeah. build it. Oh, that's it's beautiful. Yeah, it is so. It's the that and SoFi now in LA. Yeah. Are, are the two probably sweetest stadiums in all of the NFL, but they're brand new. Raiders, it, that Death Star's better because it's the Raiders. Yeah. Jordan Farmar, appreciate you guys. On behalf of myself, JP, and Nick Martin, Thanks, thank man. you so much yeah. for taking some time awesome. out of your thank day, you, man. I guess I'll see you guys on Father's Day. Uh, we will, and definitely two on one. I might have to yeah. bring some backup. All right, okay, I might bring my ten year old with me. Ben, you know, Ben played pro ball in Australia. So. Yes. Yeah. I need him on my team if you guys bring some more backup. <laughs> wait, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, 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 yes, yes. No, no, we'll we'll split up the pros. We'll get you, you okay. and JP and me and Ben or okay. vice versa. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give Jordan the fat guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty athletic though. Don't 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 let the physique fool you. Okay, you guy and I and I push some weight, man. There you go. You can you know this guy can run to me full speed. I will. I ain't budging. I'm telling you. It's gonna hurt though, man. All right. Thank you for once again for coming on DadCast. It's been an honor. We appreciate it. This has been one of my favorite experiences I've had at least all day. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It's been literally (laughs) this year. Welded together. Yeah, but now it's quiet down. We're pretty good. Um, I like to end every single episode with one of these. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to DadCast. And we'll see you all next week. Jordan Farmar, thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys.